Greetings, and welcome to episode 35 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a trip down to the Game Corner to talk about Battle Block Theater. Why am I so quiet? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's another Game Corner episode, but this time we're heading to the theater. Yes, Battle Block Theater. I am Paul with Paul playing today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? Other than technical difficulties. Fuck it. I'm tired. That's really about <laughs> it. I just, I want to go to bed right now. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, talking about this game isn't going to help very much. <laughs> well, the good news is, this game does not exactly have a lot of plot, so we won't be doing our bit normal big giant plot dig in, so it's just all yeah. mechanic stuff, basically. I'm sorry, guys. We'll, we're going to have a lot of news to, to talk about, but other than that, it's really there's really not much in the way of gameplay for this. I mean, it's a very simple platformer, so it might be a shorter episode than usual. Sorry. Unless Paul gets on a big rant when it comes to news here in a minute, which he very I'm, I'm, well might. We do have a lot of news, and there is something I'm really upset about, so. <laughs> but what, first. What are we playing? Yes. So go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll go first, sure. So picked up a uh, little mobile game called Fire Emblem Heroes. I was wanted to play it because I'm interested in uh, tactical RPGs right now because I'm kind of doing a little bit of market research to like see what is possible with a mobile version of a tactical RPG. Sure. And Fire Emblem's it like it's a really good game. It's it's very very mm-hmm. simple, like really really streamlined tactical combat and uh, i haven't gotten very far in it i've only played maybe two hours but it's it's a fun little thing to dick around with while you're watching tv it's the story is very streamlined as well like they they, it's clear that they did not get any of the writers from the actual storylines they just kind of got licenses for the characters yeah well it's it's the equivalent of a collectible action figure game basically yeah yeah essentially because you have random I, I understand that as you go on, you randomly get more people in your party and you can play against other players, I think, and you can play against, there's a storyline to go through and it's, it's mm-hmm. all, it's fun, but it's, it's not a bad game. It's just that it's like any other mobile game. You're going to probably find something new pretty quickly. Yeah. I will say one thing that I have found something new in that mobile category called Tinker Island. It's pretty good. I, okay. I recommend at least giving it a download, giving it a shot. Other than that, uh, what else have you been playing? Elite Dangerous and uh, of course, and Player Unknown Battleground. Like this game, has gotten a lot of really really fun. I played some duo queue, so two player with Drew of Hops and Heroes fame the other day, and it was a lot of fun. I think we're planning to play again tomorrow, but it it's a totally different game when you have a teammate. I'm sure. Like he posted in chat uh, in a in a chat that we're both a part of, saying, "Hey." Uh, someone pick up player unknowns battlegrounds like now, please. And I'm yeah, like, mm. it is. 
it's one of those games like it is a fun game single player and it's it really kind of stressful single player but when you're playing with two player it changes the dynamic of the game a little bit because you have someone to talk to and work with as you're going from building to building trying to collect stuff so you have a better chance of not dying when you mm -hmm. meet another team because everyone's in a team of two and, okay and you can even without anyone else around like if i wanted to right now after we finish playing i can jump in and by myself do duo queue and it'll randomly pair me up with someone and then the game so like, the game has its own built-in voice chat so it you know i could okay. i can do that whenever i want but interesting but it is an interesting game and then there's a uh, a team game version of it where it's teams of four i think and that sure. that starts getting Sounds really good. crazy because it's you know 25 teams of four and the last team left wins and like when we were playing it was 50 teams of two and uh nice. we we were getting our like we had one really good game where we made it to like i don't know i think we made it to like the top maybe 15 teams and then we got our asses handed to us every other game <laughs> like one of the nice, last nice. one of the last ones we didn't even find guns before another team found us and we're like oh, we're running around in the house like trying not to die as they're shooting in through the windows <laughs> <laughs> like awesome. it, it was just bad it was like uh we are so screwed <laughs> nice yeah but it's it's fun so yeah, i'm I'm looking forward to playing it more i'm looking forward to when it gets a full release yeah is when i'll pick it up because i'm not breaking my moratorium on early access yeah it's it, one of the big credits i got to give them is they've had a couple of really really big bugs lately within the past week and they've knocked them all out like ridiculously fast like there was that's awesome basically a game breaking bug at one point in time where there was some weird reloading thing you could do that if you were killed it would bring you back to life it was just some some really really bizarre bug that involved like the i think the inventory screen and reloading and just some weird combination of things that would glitch out and prevent you from dying it's so weird yeah and they it they fixed it a day like less than a day that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, but that's that's going to be their bread and butter. They're clearly just are going to build their reputation on yeah. this, right? And they they had a patch last week, like in the last week they came out, like the day after Drew and I played, that added like maybe 15 new weapons to the game and like a right. handful of new vehicles. And so they're constantly updating it, like. I think they, sure. they plan one major update a month until the game is out of early access or something like that, and they're just patching right, it right. along the way. But they they've been handling it really well. Like it's it's there's no way it's not going to be a complete game at some point. But I don't know. I I understand your hesitancy for early access games, but at the same time, it's I've gotten burned so often, man. Oh, I know. And, and I realize that that hearing this from you means that I probably would have a much better time with it. Yeah. At the same time, I just I can't get burned again. I just I'm not doing it. Yeah. And one of the things like because Drew and I talked about getting you into this game and my point that I pointed out was like this is the anti Paul game because there is nothing other than competitiveness in this game. Like it's either single person full on deathmatch or it's, you know, I mean, there's no non competitive right. version of it there's, like, there's no single player version now in fairness i have been getting a lot better about that yeah. better i guess or a <laughs> lot of more different viewpoint about it now that i've been playing it thanks to overwatch full of overwatch yeah because <laughs> that that game that that clip that i showed you yeah um i ended up uh picking up 
oh gosh, I had my best game as Reaper. 42 eliminations, 27 objective kills, almost four minutes of objective time, and almost 13,000 damage. Nice. Yeah. I even had bronze healing because I was eating up all the jawbreakers, which Reaper was able to eat, swallow souls the, of the deceased enemies. Yeah. So yeah, I've had a, a, a mind shift with regards to competitive multiplayer. Well, it doesn't good. tweak me as much as it used to. Well, that's good. I'm, gl- I'm glad that I don't know if you're you're able to find fun in a genre that you normally wouldn't have because I think that's one of the things that we really want to do with this podcast and like all the stuff that we're doing is kind of like get people to take a look at some games that they wouldn't normally take a look at like that's stuff that we're doing yeah. like with our yeah. game corner stuff uh, and kind of the same with our favorite game series is like I mean you you've played Secret of Mana in the past and yes. I've played other first-person shooters, but I haven't played Wolfenstein, and I've heard yep. really good things about it. But like, that's the idea: is that we want these games that, like, maybe you haven't heard of, and maybe you wouldn't consider playing. But hearing us talk about it, you'll pick it up, or just because we're gonna play it and then talk about it, you might pick it up mm-hmm. and play it. Like, yeah, it's it's the whole point: is you know, try stuff that you're not used to. Pokemon Uranium, which yeah. not only was I not used to, I didn't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're never gonna stop making those jokes, are we? No, no, we're not. No, we're not. However, I've been playing a little bit of a new game that stemmed off of the oh gosh, what is that that series called? Um, it's the Persona series is what what I've been playing, but it is a an offshoot of Shin Megami Tensei. Okay. If you're familiar with that one, it is an offshoot of that. Persona actually came off of that, so it's set. You're you're playing the main character who is kind of uh, in a high school he's going to after trying to save someone from an attempted rape he ends up pissing off one of the most powerful people in in tokyo and is shoved into the uh, a um how do you say this a a program for delinquents and ends up being put into the care of a guy who runs a cafe and i haven't gotten much farther than that I've seen a lot of cutscenes. It, it seems like it's going to be a really fun game, and I'm going to enjoy playing it. I just haven't gotten much time, unfortunately. However, I have also been playing Dragon Quest VIII, which is honestly one of my all-time favorite JRPGs. I've never finished it, and I'm very, very close to be, being beating the end boss. But I've been playing that on my 3DS because they finally ported it over, and it's been so exciting. And, of course, I've been playing Battleblock Theater and Overwatch. Nice, nice. All yep. right. So, by popular demand of our fans, we have some news because people actually responded to us when we asked if, you know, what the hell, do you guys like this? Do you want to hear more news stuff? And apparently the uh, overwhelming response that we received at least was, yeah, we like hearing you talk about this stuff or you just like hearing us rant about things. (laughs) In total fairness, we were 45 minutes into the cast and hadn't gotten through the fucking news segment yet. I think it was fair to ask the question. Oh, yeah, I, I know, but. Still, apparently people do like hearing it, so we we will continue on. Um, So, in an interesting bit of news that came out, there is a a group that publishes and analyzes game sale data, Mm -hmm. right? And it's used to basically judge how healthy the video game industry is doing and how all they do a, a bunch of different media but it's called the uh, the entertainment software association and they do like the essential facts report every year and 
there's a weird thing where they basically just got new sources of information like so they for a while they have not had complete access to digital sales numbers because they're kind of basically a lot of sales numbers they they don't talk about because you don't want your you know opponents knowing how you're doing especially like sega nintendo and microsoft like they do not discuss sales numbers unless they are winning of because course. you don't want you don't want you know Microsoft doesn't want Sony knowing if they're not having a good year or you know whatever because they, might, they kind of get, release might sales numbers of year. consoles but that's about it yeah but so this is just talking about game sales in the U.S. so they in this change of things basically publishers started reporting the way that they handle digital sales to this group and there is been a massive change in the past few years so the last report so last year's 2016's report the way they had it listed was so this is this is growth over the few over the past few years so about mm -hmm. 16 billion dollars in sales annually of video games this is so 2010 basically it's been pretty level about 16 billion a year so in, sure. in 2010, 12 billion of that was physical media and less than 5 billion, just under 5 billion was digital sales. And then it makes sense. And then it dipped a little bit down in 2012 and it's been slowly growing ever since. And in mm -hmm. 2015, they had $7 billion of physical sales and just over $9 billion of digital sales. With their new information, they've had to re-update everything. So these okay. are these are the more accurate numbers. In 2010, it's just shifted a little bit. So it's 12.08 billion dollars of physical sales and 5.43 billion dollars of digital sales. But now in 2016, 6.73 billion dollars of physical sales, eight. 18.13 billion dollars in digital sales nice nice so it went from basically two-thirds physical one-third digital to now three-quarters digital one-quarter physical sales of games we knew this was going to happen yes this this was inevitable but so what we thought previously to this major major update basically of information was that sure. it was a slow shift so mm -hmm. in in the uh, last year's report the it was it went from two-thirds one-third to 60 40 60 60 percent digital 40 percent physical now it's yeah. it went from two-thirds physical one-third digital to 75% digital, 25% physical. So it's just like the amount, like digital sales triple physical game sales, which is seems insane in some ways. Hmm. But at the same time, like it, it doesn't seem that insane to me because this is this was inevitability. Everybody's going digital right. because it's so much easier than going over to a GameStop or a Best Buy or a Walmart right. or wherever you shop for video games yeah. but a lot of people still do go to midnight sales for physical games mm -hmm. the, absolutely the difference i see though is that especially with pc game sales like especially on steam like pc is just this totally different beast and part of it is 
retailers screwing themselves and they have to be shitting their pants over this especially someone like gamestop because one of the things is you can't even find pc games in gamestops anymore except for incredibly rare exceptions like world of warcraft expansions yeah they they killed that industry off a long time ago because the pc industry was moving toward digital sales yeah well i don't know like it's I remember, I, mean, I remember the days where GameStop used to be Babbage's and like all they yeah. sold was PC stuff and they occasionally had like a little shelf of console games. And then yeah. eventually it over the course of maybe 10 years, it reversed itself where it was a shelf of PC games and the rest of the stores console games. And it's been the last GameStop that I went into that had pc games on it was probably at least five years ago and they had an end cap of pc games like yeah. literally the side of a shelf like not even a full yes. shelf just the side and like and that was it and it was just like are you fucking kidding me like it's kind of a chicken and egg thing though when you think about it because we don't know which one caused the other but we know the reasoning well, because I, the, everything was going digital yeah well i stopped buying pc games from gamestop uh, except absolutely for because basically, if you don't pre-order it, they don't carry it. And yeah, the, what's the point? I'll go to at that point. I'll just go to Walmart and buy it, right? Because they'll mm-hmm. actually have a physical copy of it. But now even Walmart doesn't carry that much when it comes to PC games. I didn't even realize they had. Yep. I honestly didn't. They definitely. I don't go to Walmart. In fairness, yeah. I, like I don't know of any store now that sells PC games. I don't even think Best Buy does anymore. Best Buy. Does. I know they sell PCs. I, I yeah. I've been in Best Buys like left, right, and center, but I've never seen them. Yeah, they're they're usually hiding in in like the end of the video game section. They usually have some. Yeah, it's but that's so weird. But that's the thing is like when you think about consoles, a lot of the time you just think about the fact that like consoles require a disc, so people are used to buying discs. And yep. the the digital purchase of games is a f- still feels fairly new for a console, even though it's been around mm-hmm. for a while now. Since Xbox 360. Yeah. And uh, and PlayStation 3. Yeah. But, like, I mean, it's been a while. And, like, I mean, fuck, your, your DS you can download games for, like, through the store. But you don't. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with the DS, you've only got a limited amount of memory. Yeah. In order to download something. With a console, you can expand that now. Thankfully, with, uh, with the Xbox uh, One and PS4, you can just throw a fucking hard drive on it. And well, it's fine. A 3DS, you can throw a bigger SD card in it. To a point you can but it at some point it's going to max out at like 256 or something like that right yeah i don't know granted the games are smaller i yes but at the same time it feels harder to do than it would be to just go buy a portable hard drive and plug it into my xbox 3, xbox one or ps4 it just it's easier i don't know yeah. maybe that's just me yeah i'm trying to see if the uh i can find any info on how big the uh sd card size for the ds how big it allows yeah Looks like 32 gigs, which isn't much. Granted, yes, you can. All the digital games that they have are mostly just, you know, virtual console games that you've already bought years ago that they won't allow you to cross over because Nintendo sucks at customer service. Yeah, uh, I actually have because I've been looking at the uh, 3DS store lately mm-hmm. uh, on the on the online, and they actually do have games that say "Buy once, play everywhere." So basically, you buy it. And you can play it on your, you know, Wii. You can play it on, theoretically, your Switch whenever they get that shit together. And uh, you can play it on your DS. What bothers me is that they've just now introduced these functionality. I've bought a ton of con- of virtual console games on my original Wii. I can't play any of them on my Wii U. Mm-hmm. 
and that bothers the shit out of me. That should be out of the box functionality. Yeah, oh, I agree. There's there's a lot of weird hardware decisions that Nintendo always makes. I don't know, man. I just I've I've long ago lost faith with Nintendo, and I do not understand the the continued one the continued existence of Nintendo. Two, why they have people continuing to flock to them. Yeah, I don't know. What it's, are you amused by now? Oh no, just just laughing at the uh, your your the way you worded that was just amusing. It, it just it it baffles me. I don't know. I, I, that's a rant for another day when we actually do a Nintendo yeah. game. We're here to talk about Battle Block Theater, and there's a Night Trap remake. Yeah, there's there's two more bits of news, and apparently, oh no no, no I'm I'm getting back onto our news topic as opposed to ranting about Nintendo's bullshit. Yeah. So apparently, this is the 25th anniversary of the Sega CD classic, Night Trap. Okay, I played this game when I was younger. I owned this game on Sega CD. Yep. Apparently, this game is the reason the ESRB exists. <laughs> it is because of the. Was it Dana Plato who was in this? I don't know. I have no okay, idea. Okay, so. God. It's if you ha- if you aren't familiar with this game, it is a very very weird, basically almost entirely full motion video. Oh, video oh, game. Sorry. It, it's so weird. It basically abused the shit out of the Sega CD. And it did. By just including tons of video. There is a uh, an announcement trailer that they did for the 25th anniversary edition, which is coming out Show for the play, PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One in the spring. So it's right around the corner. But yeah, we'll definitely put that video in the show notes. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. I wonder how well it's going to hold up. I, I honestly, I will play it, and you realize we're going to do an episode on it, right? Yes. That's just that's just going to happen. So apparently there was a Kickstarter campaign a while ago that was going to remaster the game, but did not achieve its crowdfunding goal. But the creator yeah. of the game was very adamant that he would re-release it anyway. Awesome. So basically, since Dan doesn't have an Xbox One or, X, or, or PS4, I'm going to live stream the game. And we're just going to do this together on that just to fuck around and have some fun. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to do an episode on it. At least this, that that's my plan. Nice. I I'll do the episode alone if you want to. That's fine. Oh, no, no. I'll, I'll definitely watch. I think it's going to be hilarious. So I can't wait. All right. Because this, this just brought me so much joy. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny. Uh, but so now. So let's bring us down now. Now, Paul gets to go on a little bit of rant because. They've officially announced at Activision that the next Call of Duty game is going to be World War II. Please explain this to me. We have made probably about a half dozen Call of Duty games focusing on World War II. So we're just going to fucking make the same game over again? Yeah, we've run out of ideas, so here's a game we already made, but we're making it again, so uh, money now, thanks. That is the entire message that I've gotten from this trailer and from everything that they've talked about regarding this particular game. And I am so fucking mad that this is being a thing. Who is – why? Who did this? I want to know because I want to shake their hand before I punch them in the dick. Nice. So apparently it's entirely because Infinite Warfare didn't catch on with fans. So they wanted to go back to their roots. That is the story I have Fuck heard. Fuck everything about that. 
Everything about that can fuck itself. Which is funny because Infinite Warfare was the first Call of Duty game in like 30 years that has actually made me want to play it because I thought it was interesting because it was so different. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That's exactly how I felt. Apparently no one else wanted to play shooty shooty bang bang guns in space. Why not? Everything about that sounds fantastic. Everything that you, every sentence that you said made me happy. Every word in that sentence. You just liked that I said shooty shooty bang bang guns in space. Yes, everything about that sentence makes me happy. Why is that not a thing that we can do continuously? Because I don't want to spend $60 on a goddamn game that's going to be put lining more money with fucking Activision's pockets. Is that is that it? I think it is. Probably. But you can pre-order Call of Duty World War II right now. Why is this a thing? Why do you want to make me angry? You've already made this game. They've made Just... it three other times. <laughs> At least... <laughs> No, no, already I, done. I just remaster. Just remaster it. Release remaster. It's fine. To their credit, there is a lot of story to be told around World War II. But at the same time, there are at least three wars they haven't touched. Do Do you want more story about World War II? Go watch Band of Brothers. Go watch the Pacific. Yeah. Oh, I know. Caught up. But, Congrats. But that's kind of what inspired these games. Like, but that's the thing. Like, so. One of the things that uh, Battlefield showed us is that there's, holy shit, you can actually do a game set in World War One, not World War Two. What the fuck? And wait, <laughs> we're going to go back to World War Two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah uh, but see, that's, that's one of the things that I don't understand is like, so they haven't touched Korea. They haven't touched Vietnam. I don't think anyone wants to touch a, a war that we lost. Yeah. But at the same time. There's a lot of stories that can be told in those games. I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree, but none of them are pleasant. And granted, no war story is pleasant, but the Vietnam War was not something that anybody really likes talking about. I know because I've asked my dad about it numerous times. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it. Oh, no. So the overall score for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare on uh, Steam is mostly negative. Uh, now... Let's let's wait a second here. With Steam, however, that's usually with especially Activision games, it's because it's a port from a console game and people are pissed off about that they can't play it at 60 FPS. Is it actually the game itself or is it just because of that? Yes, I don't know. Because that, that's something you got to put in context. I'm wondering about what the console idea was of it as well. Well, this top one is... <laughs> one of them says, this is the combat call of money out of ideas. <laughs> That's pretty fair. On GameSpot, it got an 8 out of 10. On GameStop, it's got a 3.5 out of 5. And on Steam, it's got a 5 out of 10. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering just... I'm just wondering if there's bias there. You know what I mean? Well, this guy complains about controls and mm-hmm. the game just not being as good. Which which is probably very fair criticism. Uh, so the meta score for on Metacritic is 77. Uh, the user score is 3.5. I don't know if that's out of 10 or what. Or what. Yeah, I don't know. I assume it is. It is. It's out of 10. So the user score, the critics were really happy with it. Players, not so much. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I like this, the title of this review. So this is a positive review for the game. It says, okay. The Battlestar Galactica video game we never got. <laughs> that actually. Like that, just, that alone. Really good, actually. Yeah, sounds like a really awesome game. I'll play that. Yeah, I'd play it. <laughs> I, I never even watched Battlestar Galactica, but I've heard so many good things that. You really should watch it, dude. I've had I've had everything spoiled for me, so there's really no point at this point. 
everyone's already told me what happens who's a cylon who's not i just don't care that's not why you watch the show it's a good show are we gonna do this again for the singer yes okay we're just gonna meow for the singer folks all right anyway we did have a question well the question do we want to address now or address later we'll address it when we get to that question in the theme cool because we only got one question, and it was from Mr. Phil Hawkins, friend of the show. Yeah, he's good people. And uh, we will, when we talk about that aspect of the game, we'll uh, talk about his question. So, unlike usual, we don't really give, need to give a spoiler warning here, because there's not a whole bunch of game to spoil. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But So, pretty much all of this is going to be spoiler-free, because... I don't know if it's possible to spoil this game other than talking about the story in the cutscenes, but we're I mean, not going to talk about the story in the cutscenes. Like, I mean, the cutscenes themselves, like, I don't know. I that's really not. Yeah. Unless we talk, just go, just, just go play. Yeah. Play for yourself. It's like nine hours. Yeah. Let's put it this way: the story aspect of the game is basically almost one hundred percent in the cutscenes. Yeah. It takes 23 minutes to watch all of the cutscenes, including the end credits of the game. I, I will say one thing, though. They're so worth playing the game. They really, really are. Because, honestly, the guy who does it is... Um, help me out with his name here, buddy. Uh, the voice of the game is Mr. Richard Horvitz. So if you recognize that name, you probably recognize him from The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Invader Zim, and a host of other voices that he's done over the years. This man is just gold when it comes to entertainment with his voice. Yeah. He, he, was, he was Invader Zim and Invader Zim and Billy yes. from The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. If you're familiar with Ratchet and Clank games, he was Pollux or Polyx. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming P O L L Y X and Zony was another character he did the voice of. And if you're a, a Power Rangers kind of person, he was Alpha Five in like ten different Power Rangers series. Which is really, when you think about the continuity, it's all one really big series, just titled differently. But it's yeah. that's another that's a story for another fucking podcast. Yeah, he's got a very very unique voice, and the voice that he uses in this game is essentially a Vader, Invader Zim's voice. Like he sounds almost exactly like Invader Zim the whole time, and it's hilarious. And he really makes the game like it is very much the narration and the cutscenes that make this game entertaining. It's an okay platformer, but so let's. I'm gonna be upfront about it. Okay, I didn't enjoy this game as much as i thought i would but this man made this game made me continue to want to play this game yeah the rest of the game it was it's a i wouldn't even say it's okay i'd say it's mediocre like it aspires to be a better platform than it actually is because the controls don't kill you but there's it seems like it's a unnecessarily hard game because it's trying to pad out the length of itself yeah so let's talk for a second about just kind of to put the game in a nutshell, it's a platformer that has crazy and good narration where like the narrator basically makes comments on what you're doing and mm-hmm. sometimes they're so on point and kind of hilarious and just I don't I can't I don't know how they did it. Like they they're just the hooks for when they trigger some of these sound effects 
were just are so just spot on that like you screw up sometimes just because you're laughing so hard at the narrator yeah doing color it, commentary sim- basically yeah essentially yeah he's he's a much better version of phil sims um <laughs> it's similar to how bastion does things but it if you recall Bastion, how the narrator would narrate how the the player was going through the game, essentially, yeah. very similar to that, but it kind of skews from that because Horvitz does offer running commentary. It's just fucking side splitting hilarious rather than filled with depth and pathos that the that the that gravitas that the yeah. narrator Bastion gave you. Like usually, he makes fun of you whenever you die. In very hilarious ways because, oh, I bet you pooped out that one or something very similar to that. (laughs) Because there's a lot of poop references in this game. Well, it's the behemoth. So So part of the – Fill in some context because not everybody knows who the behemoth is. So part of the appeal of this game is that it's made by this company called the behemoth who – their first game most people probably haven't heard of or played. It was called Alien Hominid and I – believe it's kind of a contra like game like you run around and shoot shit i've only played it like once or twice it's really and it's been a really long time so but alien hominid it's their more popular game was their as far as i know their second game which is castle crashers which i think anyone who ever owned an xbox 360 played because at one point in time it was like the best-selling xbox arcade game in like the history of xbox (laughs) And then they gave it away at one point too. Yeah, like it was it was part of the free Xbox games with golds games with gold thing. Like I liked it so much, I'm pretty sure I own it on Steam. Like I own it yep. on the Xbox 360, and it's Steam. very good. So the Behemoth Library was Alien Hominid, Castle Crashers, Super Soviet Missile Mastar on iOS, and they ported Alien Hominid to iOS. Then this one was Battleblock Theater. Then they're going to do a re- they did a remastered version and then Pit People is due out this year. Yes. Pit People actually looks interesting. Definitely. So, yeah, it's Castle Crashers was a lot of fun because it's basically it is a very cartoony Golden Axe style beat 'em up game mm-hmm. and yep. has tons of replay value because there's multiple different people and you level them up and you get unlock other things and new abilities and but one of the things that they had in the game that and a lot of the poop jokes are references i think throwbacks to castle crashers because there's a thing in like golden axe where you come running onto the screen and there's like some wildlife there and they they get scared and run away because there's you know a huge barbarian like running, sure, yeah. running at them but so the same thing kind of happens in castle crashers only there's like so there'll be like a deer there and like something will jump out of the side of the screen and the dealer will like literally rocket off the side of the screen with like a trail of poop shooting out of its ass because it's crapping itself. And yes, uh, it's, they have a, a running series of gags with poop humor in the company. And so, yeah, there's, there's lots of poop jokes in this game. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just fun to listen to where it's just go ape shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. ape poop because they yes. can't say shit in this game. Yes. Because it is I, that's not rated yeah. for kids. Yep, they, and it maybe teen, probably T for teen, if I had to guess. Yeah, I I, I have a hard time believing it's for kids because I do hear I have heard him say it, it's for fast once or twice. Yeah. Anyway, so let's stop for a second, take a step back, and ask ourselves: Well, is this a good? Uh, I was gonna say we still haven't kind of explained the basic format of the game yet all right all right all right okay 
so aside from the great narration which is where we left off which was you know the first sentence of our description of the game um so between these uh basically there's platforming levels and you collect gems and you use the after you have three gems you can exit the game like you can exit that level and you go on to the next level and every several levels you finish an act and each act ha is separated by a cutscene basically that is the story of the game um there's eight acts total yes and then at the end of each act there is a vault and there's basically aren't bosses that you fight in this game it's like time trials and time trials are basically much much harder levels that you have to get through as quickly as possible and get a key to get to the next part of the game mm -hmm. and then you just kind of rinse and repeat until you finish the game okay now can we ask the question yes this is an extremely important question though because based on dan's description alone and also our experience playing it is this a good or solid platformer? I vote no. I vote mostly. <laughs> okay. So I think the mechanics are good. Mm -hmm. I I feel like the sometimes it's a little floaty. Sometimes the jumpiness isn't as responsive as I wanted it to be. So that's, sure. where, that's where it kind of falls a little short. I think you could ditch about half the weapons in the game because they're either useless or... I don't know, there for filler. Yeah, they're they're either fluff or useless. Or yeah. both. Yeah. I mean there are a few that I have actually learned since we stopped playing, basically. Like I've I learned today kind of doing research to see what all because we never unlocked all the weapons. And sure. uh some of them are pretty useful. Like they you can do yeah. really weird, weird stuff with them that you aren't you don't think about. Um mm -hmm. but yeah, most of the there there's a handful of them that are essentially worthless. Yeah. Um Really? Yeah. Like the golf ball? The golf ball, was it? Or oh, it was, was it a basketball? It, it was just, it's a dodgeball. It's a rubber okay. dodgeball. Like, yeah, it just bounces around. Completely can, useless. Yeah, you useless. Can just, you can stun enemies with it and you can bounce it around and have fun with it. It's something to have fun with, basically. It's not necessarily a useful weapon. I, I think the most use we got out of it was playing Keep It Up. Yeah, which is fun in and of itself in its own little way. My biggest problem and why this has pushed it from yes it's fine to complete no is the shit level design okay I, I think the level design is where the game suffers and the only reason i continue to play is because of horvitz's narration i did not like the level design at all so where do you feel like the level design fell short uh in 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 some cases where so to put it into perspective for for you folks out there Single-player levels are completely different from multiplayer levels. You actually get different levels as you as you have more than one person. Mm -hmm. When you get that more than one person, they try to give you challenges for yourself and your partner or partners to figure out yeah. instead of giving you a that single-player style, right. which I, I feel like that was... They went from... This is fun to this is frustrating very quickly when you move from single player to multiplayer. Yeah. That is where I feel like the level design fell off. So that's kind of funny because I felt the opposite. I felt like the really? single player ha was generally more frustrating and that having the second, 
kind of like battlegrounds like having a second person there made the game more fun and less monotonous okay. because that was my problem well, that was my problem playing through single players that like i i felt like i got through the first act and i got halfway through the second act so i got through like stage two five or two yeah. maybe maybe started on two six and was like okay i get it i yeah. this, this, is, so if, this that, is the whole game but that's how I felt when we we added multiplayer as well. Right. Like this is the whole game. They got very quickly into that, and I felt like there was the level right. design for that suffered, right? Because there was so little depth to the game, right? But what I'm saying is that I felt like the game was better for the multiplayer. Like it was, yes, it was still the it was still very samey. It got a little more interesting that we had group puzzles that we had to solve together. But yep. at the same time, like the game was made more interesting because there was a second person playing and it, o it kind of overcame the shortcomings of the sometimes little slightly wonky controls. And I don't know, like I, f I feel like having the second player and potentially more because I think you can play up to four people Four people. Yeah, like I, I, can... I would be curious to try it with four people to see if it's more entertaining. Um but at the same time, like, I don't think I would just play through levels of the game. I would rather, uh, we'll get to it eventually, like, there is a level creator that we did not yeah. get much time to mess with. But, like, I would be curious to see what other people do better, because that's the weird part about games when you when you throw developer tools at players, like, into the wild. Like, people come up with some really good stuff. So, My... My opinion is that giving it multiplayer did not make up for the shortcomings of the game, and I still feel like it's not a good game or not, yeah. not a good platformer when putting that into perspective. Right. I, I feel like that they attempted to put multiplayer in as a way to pad out the length of the game, as opposed to having a foundationally sound game. Right. I see, and that's I I agree with that to a point, but I think that for me personally, I think. Mm -hmm that the communal, like having, f I felt like the game was more fun with a second person than it was solo. I can get behind that. Yeah. It, and but, for, for me, that slightly overcame the problems that the game had. Like, yes, they were still there. Yes, I still noticed them, but I had fun despite the fact that I knew they were there and I could see them and recognize the issues that I had with the game. Like because I, all you did was kill me. Well, that was fun too. <laughs> but that wasn't always what I did. Damn it! Like sixty percent of the time. Sixty percent of joking, the time, all the time. Joking aside, you you can't intentionally kill your partner, but that's and it is entertaining for about the first five minutes or three and a half because I got frosty because Dan was killing me all the time. I don't know what you're um, talking about. Anyway. Uh, I don't feel like it could make up for the shortcomings of the game as it was. I, I feel like it was a, I see the potential here and I'm angry that it didn't meet it. I, I can get that. Because you, you wasted Mr. Horvitz's time. That's how I feel right now. And, and I feel bad for thinking that because I've liked other games by the behemoth. Well, see, that's the thing is I don't feel like they wasted his time. I feel like his time was solid gold. Like, he but that's that's the thing i want him to be in a better game yeah that's why i feel like it's wasted time i i get that he made this game bearable yes and he made I this game really fucking entertaining at times yes yeah um, absolutely 
So let's, let's that's why I say bearable. <laughs> so let's talk about his narration a little bit. Um, oh, we we did talk about some of it before, but so some of the stuff that he randomly says throughout the game, and the fact that you can select like there's a narration slider like we're there's a difficulty slider in the game but there's a narration slider in the game and you can ratchet it up to the point where basically he doesn't shut up and it gets so funny and like i think my favorite moment was where we were getting towards the end of a level and there was just this you could see up in the corner the end gate of the stage and we had all of our gems or whatever and we just had to make it over this ridiculously tricky gap that was involved basically flying i think with some wings through some spikes and trying not to die and as soon as we both took off and started flying all you hear is richard horvitz go don't mess up, 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 like just as fast as he can. <laughs> and we both are like, fuck you, that's not fair. I was perfectly fair because I was sitting there laughing my ass off because I had already done it. And so Dan's sitting there just trying not to mess up and all of a sudden oh, I, he just falls in the fucking lava. Yeah, I, I think I landed on some spikes and died. But yeah, it was like definitely, that, yeah. definitely died as a result, which was yes. absolutely hilarious. So absolutely for, hilarious. Absolutely. Um, so I, I wanted to take a second and look at the options I'm trying to see if i can find them right now here we go are you playing the game while we're recording I'm not paul playing the game. are you playing the game while we're recording paul i think you've yelled at me yes. about this before paul okay quit playing so the game have... on the stream paul <laughs> so so with the narrator thing it's put a cork in it hardly speaks shy guy default chatterbox blabbermouth those are the settings Yep. You can also set the settings for the crowd too, or put on subtitles if you really want to read what uh, what what he's saying. And honestly, I kind of want to do that because it's just that funny that I want to read the script. Yes, yes. It was it was just ugh, that made the game not suck. Yes. Okay. Let's talk more mechanics. Okay. So there were gems in this game, and they served two different purposes. First of all, you needed three gems. You needed to collect three gems to pass a level. And I think most levels had, was it seven or eight gems? Do you I think it was six to seven. Because yeah. I remember there was three, two rows of three and then, a, and then a bottom ones at times next to the ball of yarn. Yeah. Okay. So you needed three to pass a level. But usually just trying to get to the end of the level to get to the gate your natural path around the level you would get at least five right yeah <laughs> and there's also a grading system which this affects yeah but the grading grades i mean are just for perfectionists like they don't matter yes. like if you they, if you're just rushing through the game as fast as possible you can just grab three and get to the exit and it doesn't yeah. affect your game at all the no. only thing it affects is that these gems are what you spend in the in-game shop to free your friends from vending machines, which basically just unlocks costumes. Cosmetics. Yeah. yeah. So how do you feel about the gem mechanic, both aspects of it? It was fine. It was it was there to give you something to do, really. I mean, I, I, I felt okay just grabbing gems to go to the next level. It made sense. It was a... A, a good MacGuffin to get you to continue to play and then unlocking using them as in-game currency essentially to to buy your way into uh 
new physical manifestations of your character, basically cosmetic changes for him. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, I, that, that made it interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like the gem mechanic to get to, you know, get the exits. is kind mm-hmm. of feels a little weak. Like I get what they're doing with it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't think it was possible to actually get to the end of a level without getting three gems by the time you Agreed. see the exit. Like, yeah. it, it was just way too easy. And, like, there were times where I know we were just trying to rush through levels to get to the other side. And yep. we would, you know, six gems, sometimes mm-hmm. full gems and the ball of yarn. Um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, the unlocking of faces basically I thought it was weird that you had to do it for individual face shapes because there's four different head shapes in the game yes and you had to unlock ones for one at a time basically and you had to pick preferentially and like I don't know it was that seemed a little annoying like like it was literally just there to basically force you to grind more and play the game more I mean, completely optional, though. So I, I, I guess yeah. unless you have a compulsion to do so, it was just kind of a, a fun little throwaway feature, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're if you're invested in this game and you're playing multiplayer a lot and you're you know playing mm-hmm. other people's maps, like having being able to be expressive with those faces seems like an integral part of the game, because for example, we had connection issues the other day, and one of the things that we did that was really funny is we kept switching our character faces to express our discontent Annoyance. with our connection yes. issues. And, like, that was funny. And if you can make those kind of jokes with your friends while you're playing, like, that's a whole added level to this game that was not intended with the design that yeah. is hilarious. And some of the faces in this game are absolutely shit fucking ridiculous they're bonkers yeah yeah like they are so crazy and i don't know like it it just feels contrived that you have to like oh god i have to i have to unlock a hundred of these faces and then i have to unlock another hundred for this head shape and then another hundred for this head shape and then another hundred for this head shape so I, i i get that uh but at the same time i mean can you unlock cosmetic stuff in League of Legends by playing game, the game as well? No, but that's because okay. it's the basically its monetization model is built around yeah. that. Where the monetization model of this game is just built around you purchase the game. Right. Blizzard has done this very well where they give you in-game currency to purchase boxes, loot boxes to open or or you want to you can purchase skins or you can purchase them like purchase the skins directly purchase the the emotes directly i felt like this is a very similar mechanic and i think i view that in this through that same lens where it just it doesn't matter because i'm just going to be doing it anyway so why not yeah it's it's kind of the csgo model i think csgo i think is the first like does that with weapon skins and weird shit um yeah i mean i get it i just feel like Again, like you, you're talking about artificially padding the length of the game. I feel it's yeah. just, it's trying to get you, it's trying to add replay value where there otherwise isn't replay value. And that's, in my opinion, what hurts this game the most is that 
unlike Castle Crashers, which I could totally throw down right now, like and go play. I don't feel like there's a lot of replay value in this game aside from player created content, which again, we will cover in a few minutes. Yeah. And I completely get that. It just, I, I think because of the fact that I've been playing blizzard games for so long, like here's the storm as well as overwatch. It just, it didn't affect me as much as, as that yeah. because we had unlocked so much by the time we were done playing that. Okay. Because yeah. you're just going through the game. Yeah. That's just, you get the coins. It's fine. You know? So let's go on and talk about the other collectible thingy, the balls of yarn. Yes. So there's one of these on each level, and you, you need five of them to unlock a weapon. You basically trade it in in the shop at the vending machine, and they give you a random weapon. Yeah. And by the end of the game, you need 60 balls of yarn to unlock all of the weapons so that's mm -hmm. pretty much probably multiple replays of the game probably at least very likely yeah at least one i mean or you can there's apparently you can trade them to your friends to unlock some of them but theoretically there's 60 weapons in the game you said 60 balls of yarn 60. to unlock all of the weapons there are 13 weapons i think okay so just doing the math, uh, there is eight stages in, a, in an act, an eight acts, so that's 64 balls of yarn. Okay, so basically you can do if it If you in get a single every single one, you can do it in a single playthrough. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Another collect-a-thon that gives you the yeah, padded well, extra length. And and we could talk about this. The So the problem with the weapon trade-in system is that it's random. And that most yeah. of them are totally useless. And we'll talk about the yep. weapons in a minute, but holy crap, it is just kind of crappy. Yeah, it's 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 a gimmicky system thrown on to give you something to do. Yeah. That's it's, all it is to me. And that's the, because it, like you, you watched me play and I was all I was doing is using the melee attacks. Yeah. That was what they were there for for me. Yeah. And I used basically one item after I got it. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't yep. bother to use the boomerang was interesting. Uh a couple of times and like kept it killing came, me well it, it got interesting because you could collect gems with it so if there was a crazy yeah. gem really far away like in zelda you can throw the boomerang and collect the gem and mm -hmm. like you know that's kind of funny but once i got the dart gun it was all about the dart gun um and since we're talking about it we're talking about kind of the vending machine mechanic in general it's just like yeah the the random weapons was incredibly meh because basically I don't know, there's like four or five good items and then everything else is just terrible. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean the frisbee you start with at the beginning is I don't pretty useful, I guess. Like it's it's good for it's, stunning things at a distance. Well, not just that, because you yeah, you, it's like a it's like a throwable mine. Yeah. You throw it and then it explodes. Yeah. It's pretty useful if you can get the timing down and make sure you can hit your opponent without it bouncing off. The grenade that comes out later on is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I use that for part of the game. Um, then there's a boomerang you mentioned, as well as the dodgeball we talked about. Basically, no utility except for playing keep it up. Yep. It's a, it's just it's a fun little addition. Uh, the fireball, I don't think we actually found. Nope, we, um, we never got our hands on the fireball. Yeah, uh, you got your hands on this one and had all kinds of fun with it playing May, uh, which was an ice cube launcher. Yeah. Um, and it's totally useless. Um, it basically shoots two ice cubes and they bounce around. And if they hit you, you get turned into a, a 
giant block of ice. And yep. it works on some enemies, but not on others. The only use I found for it uh, was in researching this. Apparently, if someone is on fire and burning to death and you ice block them, it'll put the fire out. That's cool. And they won't die. Otherwise, huh. it's pretty useless. <laughs> the vacuum I found had some utility when you were standing on my head trying to kill the, the opponent in front of us and I was just vacuuming up their attacks. Yeah. But hands down, the best weapon of the game I think you want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, well, there's also the counterpart to the vacuum, which is the fan, which I mean, it's literally you're holding an oscillating fan and it will reflect enemy huh. attacks. It's like the the blower thing. So you can push. Yeah. Yeah. It'll push enemies too, like so you can knock them into That's water cool. with it because it's, you know, like, like a portable wind turbine, which is kind of funny. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so the best weapon in the game, hands down by far, was the dart gun. And one because you could actually hit people at a really long distance but across the, the screen yeah almost the full length of the screen or width of the screen yeah the by far the most useful for it useful part was the fact that the darts would stick to the wall if you hit them and it like wasn't on a gap like it would stick to the wall and you could jump and land on it so you could actually yeah. make extra platforms to jump on to get to places you couldn't normally get to um super cool yeah so that we use that a lot to get to get to weird places one of the things that i didn't know about that i uh just learned about today uh which makes this one a lot more interesting is so there's the force ball which was that weird energy ball i was using for a while where you shoot huh. you shoot it out and it floats up in yeah, the air yeah, yeah. um well so you can jump into it and it'll knock you really high up in the air and you can also use it to get other weird places. So like if you're yeah. standing next to a wall and you turn around and shoot it into the wall, it'll launch you like almost two full screens up in the air. Yeah. I think we accidentally discovered this at one point during the game while you were trying to kill an opponent and I just got launched into the fucking air. Yeah. I kept launching <laughs> you. So yeah, that's, that that's an interesting one that has some use. Um, you liked, this one is my favorite. You liked the paper airplane. Yeah, it was basically a, a, a throwable... I hesitate to call it a sticky mine because they didn't actually stick. But essentially, you just toss a paper airplane at something, it hits, and falls to the ground, and you can trigger an explosion. Yeah, you, you could trigger the explosion. This is the only one you could control, the explosion yeah. of the explosive ones. Um, this was also next. This one's also a really good favorite of mine. Yeah. I will let you, let you have this one, Paul, since you are so good. So... If anyone recalls Michigan J. Frog from the old Looney Tunes cartoons, props for because you're old like me, and the, you have an item in the game where you can basically let a frog loose, watch him go, and he, as soon as he gets near an enemy or one of your friends, he'll explode. Really just funny as hell because he'll just kind of uh, walk up uh, to a, a wall walk up the wall and if the wall is connected to the ceiling walk across the ceiling and just keep going until he finds an opponent or one of your friends or even you because i exploded myself several times as well as you inadvertently yes yeah we were killing each other left right and center in this game sometimes for fun sometimes because it just was unavoidable and yeah. whoops sorry <laughs> and sometimes because we didn't know what something would do and uh Yep. Yeah. Like the frog, for example. I know I killed you and me, and me once because I was like, oh, what's this do? Boom. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. So then the last weapon that we never got was the acid bubble, which you kind of shoot and it floats through the air, just kind of like leisurely floats through the air. Uh, and you can okay. bounce off the top of them. But if you hit them anywhere other than on the top of them, they kill you. 
Huh. Uh, and it's the only weapon in the game that can kill the robots that shoot rockets at you. Oh, the rocket launch, rocket vomiting robots? Yes. It's the only weapon the- in the game that kills them. So these robots will actually open their mouths, vomit out a rocket, a homing rocket that will attempt to kill you each time. It doesn't it does it has light homing because you can dodge them and they will explode in other areas, but it's still it tries to kill you. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh so I guess we can get into some of the uh enemies. Uh Sure. You have the cats, which are kind of the central character that's not a player in this game. So I I refer to them as the Goombas. They're kind of the Goombas or Koopas of battle block theater um they're the cannon fodder yeah it's and then amusingly they're also the audience so like there are points where you we started realizing that like there's a little foreground that we've been ignoring the whole time and it's like an audience full of cats and they they cheer you on and they boo you when you do stuff and there's some funny totally makes sense because it's a fucking theater we're literally inside of a theater that's part of the storyline where you where you end up in a theater but that's just watch the cutscenes or play the game because it's like nine hours. You can spend nine hours playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the as we as we talked about the robots, but there's a really weird enemy called Toast. Yeah, there's literally literal. It, there's like a little silver toaster, and it'll pop out yeah. a toast, and it'll sprout arms and legs and start walking around. It's just anthropomorphized toast. Yeah, and only fire kills them, so you have to set them on fire somehow. Oh. Uh-huh. You can you can punch them for a while, or, or yep. they actually, if they go in the water too. Yeah. Like the, the the punches won't actually kill them, but if you punch them into the water, they'll actually die as well. And then I guess because they get soggy. I don't I don't know. And then Paul's favorite. There's a giant crazy raccoon oh with antlers <laughs> that uh, is invincible. You cannot kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it was interesting to basically sacrifice yourself as a distraction so the the other person could progress. Yeah. It, that's basically the only way to, I, you either have to get dodge around them or distract them with bait essentially yeah so then there were your kind of standard fair plat it's a platformer so there have to be traps there were spike traps which are you know exactly what you expect them to be you touch spikes and you die they actually jump out to try and get you too which is kind of funny really yeah you didn't notice that as as you get close to them they kind of jut out they oh they like out at you oh yeah yeah, I, I didn't notice that. There was also... Go ahead. I was going to say, there's water. Like, you know, just you, you fall in water, you drown. Yeah. Uh, which is also funny because water will also put out fire. So if you're on fire and you hit water, you will just bounce out of the water. Yep. And, uh, but then if you land in water again, you drown. And then there are yeah. boats, of course, to keep you out of the water, which is kind of funny. I've, I found the boats hilarious. They're aesthetic because they're basically... If you're, if you're folded up a paper boat when you're a kid, this is that. Yep. This is your folded up paper boat as a kid. And it's really hilarious because one, it only allows two passengers. So I wonder how that aesthetic would work with, with four player. You'd have to go back and forth. Yeah, I think so. Or either that because like ferry the, someone across well, or they you no, have someone paddle it back. Yeah. You, you, two people go across and then the one person paddles it back to them. And cause one of the things that this, the weird mechanics of this game with the boats is if, if you hold down the right trigger, when you're next to the water, it will it will paddle it'll you know you'll splash the water basically towards you and it'll the current is strong enough that it pulls the boat towards you no matter where it is which is kind of funny yeah um then there were saw blades this is when the game yes. starts getting a lot more difficult when you start having yep. crazy moving saw blades and ridiculousness well i think it got even more difficult when you got the next one though because the laser beams that really 
make you poop your pants and die. That, which is a really big selling point from Mr. Horvitz. Yes. He's like, if you touch those laser beans, it'll make you poop your pants and die. He's not wrong, because that did happen. And yeah, you definitely die if you get touched by the laser beams. And we're still unclear about the pooping pants part. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess, one thing to mention now that's really weird. There are no lives in this game. You have an infinite no. number of lives. Like, you can play this game until you get frustrated and give up, basically. Which we did. Basically, mostly we gave up because of connection issues, not so much about I the I think it's the same play. thing. Yeah, but it was it was definitely, our, the tipping point for us was there was a night where we tried for like half an hour to play and mm -hmm. we could get, you know, halfway through a level and get disconnected. Then, and yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It basically, basically, the connection said, LOL, no. And, yeah. and it was I, only, I was hosting the game and Dan kept getting disconnected. It was only with this game, too, because I went on yeah. and played another game the rest of the night and was perfectly fine. So I don't know. Just something was wonky uh, with the connection that night. and Apparently, it was okay with us not finishing the game in order to talk about this. Yeah. Because, again, we didn't feel like we missed anything. We had... No, not at all. We, we basically... Playing the game for a little bit, you kind of get the point. I think the only thing we really missed out on was more than two-player multiplayer and playing other people's maps. And actually finishing it. Because I, I would have liked to have finished it. Yeah. It, there wasn't much more. We had like three acts left. We had six, seven, and eight. Oh, we can always give it a shot this weekend. <laughs> I, 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 I do kind of want to move on because we only have a limited amount of time yeah. until the next two games are coming out. Yep. Oh, I know. Um, I'm sure I'll go back, but at the same time, I don't want to. Yeah, so there's a lot of weird miscellaneous platformy stuff in this game, too. Uh, there are teleporters. There mm -hmm. are the fans that can either levitate you in the air or push you to the ground or push you back and forth. Ice blocks mm -hmm. to slide on. The weird disappearing blocks where you would hit a switch and like all blocks of that color would disappear. Yeah. Um, my understanding is the pigs that are made of tofu, like they're called tofu pigs. I, I have no clue. They're just these big I, I don't know why. pig things that you can ride on. Yeah, basically, they, they're they like transportation. They, they allow you to ride on them and go over uh, hazards. Like they, they were able to they can uh, swim. ride on water a little bit. Yeah. And they can run and, over spikes. Uh, but you can't jump while you're on them. You nope. jump off of them immediately. So that was an interesting mechanic to get try and wrap your brain around while you're yeah. trying to get through the level. They don't jump at all. But they will come to you if you yell for help and they're able yes. to, which is yes. also a really weird mechanic. Um, I like it. Yeah. Then there were the weird, hairy, floating block animal things that would just kind of mm -hmm. move around semi-randomly and you could mm -hmm. jump on them. So basically, I, I didn't think. I don't think it's too random. I, I noticed a pattern. So they basically went back and forth in a generally horizontal mm -hmm. motion. And if you interrupted their progress, they'll go back the way they came. If you jumped on them, they'll generally don't count that as interrupted progress. But you, as long as you're not stopping them, mm -hmm. they'll just continue to move back and forth at a at a logical pace. Okay. Yeah, they just they seem to do weird things when you tried to jump onto them. They would like turn around and go the other way instead of stopping and yeah. letting you jump on them. It, it just seemed really weird. Um, the hitboxes are strange in this game. Yes. Uh, then there were cloud blocks that you could walk through and stand on and jump through, but you can't fall through them. Like, there was no way to, like, yeah. press down and jump or something. And unless There was I, no down jump. Yeah, unless... I couldn't find one. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't either, unless there's something we're missing. Then there were fake blocks, which are the classic. They look like a solid block, but you can walk through them to get to secret areas. 
And then there were the weird exploding blocks that if you touch them or hit them with a weapon or something, they would explode and detonate anyone next to it in big chains that are kind of crazy. Yes. And I'm sure we're missing they some could stuff. Kill, but they couldn't hurt you, though, which I found yeah, they interesting. Did, they didn't hurt you at all. They just were used to set up I elaborate mean, traps and stuff. Yeah, because you're standing on an explosion. You'd think that would hurt you. But I guess they didn't want to make it too difficult. Yeah. Mm. I think it's kind of their version of the Mario, the the weird Cheerios that you stand on for a second and then they fall. Yeah, okay. It's like their version of that, that about. little platforming mechanic. I guess. I don't know. Makes sense. But I guess the, we kind of did talk about single player versus co-op. Do you have a preference? I... I honestly don't have much of a preference at all because I feel like you there are added mechanics with multiplayer and it does have a a bit more fun factor. But at the same time, if you're not prepared for it, it can be frustrating. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a push. For I, think me. It, I think it made the time trial levels like the boss levels easier with two players. Yes. Yes. Only one person I, I has to agree. reach the end. And usually yep. it's someone's going to make yeah, it. Someone's going to make it eventually. So yeah. there are definitely times that we just race through those as fast as possible to be like, fuck it, just finish it. Like, just get, yeah, <laughs> just like, get to the next like, level. Like, I would, I would, I just fucking sky passed for the most part. I'm just, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I've got to get the word. Yep. Yes, we'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Basically. Um, so here's where we can get to our viewer question from Mr. Phil Hawkins, which is viewer, viewer, listener. He's done both, I'm sure. Um, it's true he's also been on the show he's He's also been on the show i mean come on right um so how much did you play or explore the ability to create your own levels and did you enjoy doing so i will come out and say that i didn't get a chance to mess with this at all but that i think it sounds like a really awesome addition to the game and that it definitely gets would add to the like i think that's the replay value of this game not replaying the story levels or whatever and unlocking the 30 hundred thousand faces in the game like i think behind that yeah i i think this is where it gets interesting and i hope it's the same tools that the that behemoth used to make the game because that that makes it a lot more interesting definitely and if you can make the same quality levels that they can make and it's not like a gimped version of a level creator like i don't know if you are familiar with the level creator for uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl for the Nintendo Wii? Yeah, because it was just gimped compared to the levels that they could make. I think it could be really, really good. And I'm, I'm curious. Like, I kind of want to try some player-made levels to see if they're more fun. I would like to try them, but at the same time, I like I, I, I kind of, I clicked the button to get into it and then went back, backed out because I realized it wasn't what I was trying to choose. So. <laughs> I, I kind of briefly glanced at the idea of it, uh, but by the time I got to it, I was I was so frustrated with our experience trying to just connect mm-hmm. that I just didn't want to play anymore. Like that ruined it for me. So I, I yes, I like the idea of it. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay, I I get it. <laughs> so yeah, it's really all I, we got. I hope I hope we uh, answered that for you, Phil. I'm. I know you said your your son really loves that part of the game. Uh, yeah. I, Harold Arthur is a good kid. Yeah. 
I'm actually curious to see what some of his levels are because I would it's, like it's to always them. it's always interesting to see what kids do with a game because yeah. their version of creativity sometimes and adult creativity are totally different things. Because where we so, might where we might try and make something as like ridiculously hard as possible, which is what adults tend to do with level creation things. Um, yeah, kids might actually try to do something really fun or silly or really creative that we wouldn't think of because they're just thinking of really silly stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm gonna go out and say it, uh, Phil. If could you ask Arthur if it would be okay if we could play his levels? Because I would like to. And I have no idea how we load those levels into the game i have <laughs> i don't either but i imagine we could figure it out yeah but yeah We're two reasonably intelligent people <laughs> <laughs> all right i have my moments dan sometimes sometimes okay all right so wrap it up man what did you okay. think of the game overall if you want to play it buy it on sale that's what that's that's my biggest advice that i can give you i don't think it's worth the usual price of i believe it was 14.99 it is $14.99 or $24.99 for a co-op cast pack, which is two two of the games. I purchased it on a, on a Steam sale, and I, wanna, I think I got my money's worth. I, I was going to say, I think I got it for maybe $2.99. On a, yeah. It's, yeah. I think I, for half off, which was $7.49, I think it was worth about that. I think I got my money's worth out of the game. I We played it for, like, I, I honestly am not sure how much I played it. I played for four hours. And I, have, I think that was the 749. Yeah, I have five and a half hours on record in the game. Yeah, I think it was worth that. I think it, if you can pick it up on sale, that's worth a, it's worth a playthrough because the behemoth do make good games. This I'm hard pressed to call this one of their best efforts, but it's not a bad title. If you like platforming, you'll enjoy this game. Yeah, it's it's seems like it'll fill that platforming niche. Uh I think it's a little wonky sometimes in the difficulty scaling because it feels mm -hmm. super easy most of the levels, and then you get to the, uh, you get to the time trial levels for like the boss fight, and basically it turns yeah. into Super Meat Boy, and it's like, what? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I signed up for yeah. cutesy fun platformer. Why is this game so fucking hard all of a sudden? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I think it's better with friends. So that would be my mm -hmm. recommendation. If you can find a buddy to play with or a couple of buddies or, to play with. Or or if you pick it up on a Steam sale and basically pay full price for two copies, like fourteen ninety nine for both copies, yeah. that would be, I think, would be a, a mitigating factor for the price. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely if, if you could if you can play with friends, it seems like it'd be more interesting. Um I yeah. don't know if you can do couch co op with the PC version. You, I haven't tried, can, so I don't know. You can with the you know console. There is a local option now. Now that, now that you mentioned that, I do remember seeing a local option, okay. so it is entirely possible, I believe. So yeah, especially if you can get a buddy and sit down next to them and play, the game would be. I think it's definitely fun. Um, yeah, totally worth picking. Because then you can just punch each other if you do something silly yeah. and kill them repeatedly. I don't know what you're talking about. That's fair. <laughs> All right. On the whole, I think we both can say yes. But yeah, yes, but that's a that's a good good rating for this. It's a not an actual but, which they talk about a lot in this game. Yes, yes, with a but. I you know I can't even say that without <laughs> suggesting buts. <laughs> anyway, our next game corner game 
was my choice this time. And I went with a game that we actually really, really both wanted to play called The Flame and the Flood. I'm looking forward to it. I played maybe 10 minutes or so of it. And so far, I'm optimistic on what I can continue to do. Played 10 minutes of it and already died. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what happened. It is a very unforgiving isn't the word, but you need there's a a steep learning curve. I'll, I'll say that. It's a my best description of it. It's a, an adventure style game, so it's kind of like a 3D run around, whack stuff with a stick, mm-hmm. survival game because you have to yes. get you have to rest and you have to get food and water and and then I, I starve to death. Yeah, and then it's also roguelike because it is randomly procedurally generated, and you have to pick between paths because you're floating down a river the whole time. It reminds me of a spin on the game Don't Starve. That's fair. We will but, we will include a trailer in the show notes, so yes. please go watch it. And yeah, we yep. will we'll definitely tackle that in about six weeks. <laughs> yes. Uh, but first up, uh, after this, will be our next uh, favorite game series. Not necessarily next episode, but our next favorite game series, which will be Wolfenstein The New Order. No, this one will come before Wolfenstein. Really? Yep. Our... <laughs> we have a very, very confusing release schedule now. <laughs> Can we just post the calendar at some point for these people so that they know what the hell's going sure. on? Because I sure as hell don't. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll put that up on our probably your Facebook and for our uh, Patreon people. Um, Perfect. And it'll basically just be like, here are the next episodes in order, and it'll be, you know, this is thirty-five, so the next one will be thirty-six, and then I'll basically go thirty-six through probably. 50 i think they have planned out sounds great which is ridiculousness most of those we don't actually have topics for yet but we have our our order done thanks to me being insane well insanely organized anyway (laughs) not as organized as i could be (laughs) if if you want to get to us and you know, kind of berate both of us about our lack of organizational skills. You can just email us over at podcast at loadedcardgaming.com. I am at Paul Clue on Twitter. He is at Chop the Viking, and he also runs the at Loaded Card account. And if you want to find us on social media, all the links are in our show notes. And if you love us, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you're listening to us on. And please also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadedcardgaming. Thank you to all our donors. We seriously appreciate every cent that you've given us. Oh, we actually need to thank a Patreon supporter that we haven't thanked live yet. Fire away. So, Mr. Micah Perdue, thank you for supporting us on Patreon because you people at Patreon are what help fund this show. So, Absolutely. So Thanks, thank you, Mike. Thank you very much and welcome to our shenanigans. <laughs> we hope you enjoy this non-spoiler episode. <laughs> spoiler free there's really nothing to spoil i'm sorry yeah they're, they're, that's the thing it's like we you, we you made this super cool content spoilery content thing with the clacks on us and the and the the raid siren and everything well, and we don't get to fucking use it today it's for when we need it i know but i want to use it because it's funny and i got to do the thing yeah, oh it's not going anywhere not going anywhere <sighs> all right Anything else you want to wrap up with? No. I think we're pretty well covered. Yeah, we have our next... This this should go live Monday, and then we have our next episode two weeks after that. 
just Great. like every other time. Woohoo. Fantastic. All right, folks. Thanks again to our Patreon supporters. Welcome, Mike, to the Patreon Club. And here's some smooth jazz to play you out. No, I was I'm I'm dead on my feet right now. <laughs> it was it was funny when you you saw where you're looking down. Mm-hmm. I, I'm using an old Afghan as a basically a footrest, so you don't hear my feet kind of popping off the floor. And uh, Olivia was on it because it's usually her bed, mm-hmm. and so she's kind of on it and kind of like fucking around, and then she eventually just fell asleep on my feet. Mm. Which is kind of adorable. Why, are they, why is this guy crushing batteries with a hydraulic press? Because they crush everything with a hydraulic press, Paul. <laughs>